Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Podcastianos, sponsored by Martin's Supermarkets. Martin's, count on us. My name is Jordan Hall, joined as always by a man who can hardly control his Riley Green love. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, did you happen to see... A Riley Green homer this week? It wasn't even a homer. I think that's the hit you're talking about. The big exit velocity. Yeah. Hit. Almost, what was it, 116 miles per hour on the exit velocity. And, oh, mm, tasty, tasty. You know, you know I love Riley Green, don't you? I think everyone knows you love Riley Green. Evan Woodbury had to put out a piece about when we're going to see him just based on that one bit of sample of exit velocity. I think that's completely fine. Any morsel that I can add to the lines of evidence that Riley Green is the best baseball player to ever been created by a man and woman, I am here for that. He's spectacular. Love Riley Green. And he can even make defensive plays, we learned last summer. Yeah, he can catch the ball, hit the ball. He He's the whole... You know, he, he has not had a major league appearance. So I can say he's probably better than Mike Trout. There's nothing to say that he's not at the major league level. I mean, that's hard to disagree with. Uh, yeah, of so, course, it's, it's right. So obviously Evan had his say. When when What is your say? When do you think he can and should come up? Are you, I mean, you're ready to roll with him right now? So, no. The short answer is no. Um, he's pretty young yet. But wouldn't it be romantic to have a little overlap between Miguel Cabrera and Riley Green? It would be. Wouldn't that be a nice a passing of the torch? Like if they were both relatively good for just a little while, even a month, wouldn't that be fun? That'd be really nice. Speaking of overlap with with Miguel, I don't know if you saw it, but there was the Twitter going, uh, the tweet going around on Twitter. Um, it was a picture of a young Miguel with an old Vlad Guerrero senior from whatever 15 years ago, and then a, an old Miggy with a young Vlad Guerrero Jr. from spring training this year. And like, I don't know, I, I'm not usually the type that gets emotional about stuff like that, but it was really it's poetic. Cool. Yeah, like it was, yeah, it's a little poetic. 
Yeah. Speaking of poetic, I, I got a story for you, and I, and I had to bring this up because I feel like I'm looking at looking in a mirror here. Um, so this is from the San Diego Zoo on Friday. Uh, a visitor to the zoo was arrested shortly after taking his two-year-old daughter into an elephant enclosure to get a selfie. Uh, Jose Navarrete... 25 was booked on child cruelty charges which to be honest that seems fair like i would i would go in myself i would i would never bring in a child with me um but it sounds like child cruelty charges he should be charged for child awesomeness charges you bring your kid i mean how many dopes at animal kingdom or the zoo don't want to get their kids as close as possible to the animals? probably too many of them i mean i i do think that there are limits also known as the the boundaries between the outside and the inside of the cage, uh, but but listen, it's no different than running onto the field at a baseball game. There's nothing stopping you. It's true, except for the inherent. There's no inherent danger. Like you know, Miggy's not going to come out with a bat and destroy you. Whereas the isn't elephant, he? isn't he? I don't. I mean, I guess I don't. Know I, that who's fact. listen? Who's more dangerous? A amped up security guard or? a moderate sized animal or think, even a large animal. I think it depends I think the security on what guard the security has a, guard is armed with. The security guard has a better chance to bust in your ribs than a, Oh, a zebra. Well, he wasn't Zebra's with a zebra. He was with an elephant. That's a two, two very Zebras different are, animals. Elephants are even more gentle. They just like, you know, wander, waddle over to you and poke you with their trunk. Okay. I feel like elephants are the classic, they're gentle until they're not animal. Yeah, and then they'd stomp your brains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you asked which which would be more likely to get your ribs cut up, cut open. It would obviously be the security guard. But yeah. if you're talking what what which situation are you most likely to perish in, it would clearly be the elephant enclosure. All right, so I, I'm going to... The humans are the most dangerous animal in the zoo. No doubt about that. Uh, so no injuries to the father, the daughter, or the elephant. So that's nice. But I do. I will pose you a little bit of a trivia question to you. Uh, he's currently being held on bail. How much do you think bail is for having gone into the elephant enclosure? Bail for an incident like this. I mean, it's probably not a big flight risk, right? <laughs> I mean, this guy is not the top of the heap in the academic situation. I'm guessing bail is maybe like ten grand. Hundred thousand dollars. There is no way this man will ever come up with that just based on that intellect. So he's going to be in, in jail for a while. Yeah, uh, that's that's our country just imprisoning people for breaking into the animal prison. <laughs> he 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 went in and now he's part of part of the enclosure. Yeah. At the county jail. Uh, so let's jump over to Fenway Park. I'm, I'm sure you saw this, but apparently uh, some Dodgers fans made a uh, billboard outside of Fenway that says, thank you for Mookie Betts, signed mm, yeah. Dodgers fans. Uh, first of all, it's it's obviously funny. As a Red Sox fan, how are you dealing with this situation? Oh, I'm a little bitter and upset. Wouldn't you be, wouldn't you be ornery that you're team traded away a cornerstone player not for, not just a cornerstone a, a homegrown cornerstone player like that should have been the you know, uh, next ted williams like that's that's a guy that should have been in boston until he dies like that should there's have been only legend. so many of these guys floating around and just to be proactively looking to get rid of them it wasn't like oh we we literally can't keep him we cannot afford him it was just 
meh, he's getting kind of expensive. Let's ship him out. I mean, when you have the chance to get an Alex Verdugo, I don't know that you really have a choice in the matter. Now, are Red Sox fans taking comfort in the fact that they are now partially owned by LeBron James? I can't imagine they are. Because they're also owned partially owned by the same ownership group that owns uh, Liverpool. Liver- Liverpool. Nobody wants that, so... What Liverpool's set records and stuff? They were good, right? Yeah, they were good. They were good last year. This year, they're they're straight trash. Sorry to all the Liverpool fans out there. Oh, so you want your team to win every single year? Kind I mean, of I prefer them be okay every single year. Greedy. Uh, so that brings us to this week's leadoff question. If you had the chance to be up close and personal with any animal, no fences, no concern of being attacked, just you and the animal, which are you picking? Maybe a pangolin. Oh, interesting. That, that's a real good conservation shout out right there. You know, tickle their belly and they roll into a ball or something. Yeah. Um, maybe something that has a lot of value on the black market. So I could like stick it under my sweatshirt and take it home and sell it. I mean, pangolins these, would be these, at the top of that list. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, I, I don't want to endanger the population, but if I can steal something and sell it for some coin, that's more valuable to me than the encounter with the animal. It's not how I foresaw this question going when I wrote it. Something I can sell. Yes. All right. I feel bad for the black rhinos, but their horns are worth a lot. But no, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna steal a rhino horn. I mean, I'm, honestly, I'd like to see you try. I'd be very interested to see what that practical process <laughs> you just looks said like. This, the question set up said it's not gonna hurt me. <laughs> That's true. That's that is true. My apologies. Um, I would go with a with a black bear. I think black bears are probably hmm. the coolest. Um, I feel like they're just giant puppies that want to be hugged. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of want to. You don't. You don't need like special things to do this. You can do this up in the Michigan's Upper Peninsula at Oswald's Bear Ranch. Hmm, interesting. I was un- unaware. Yeah, I knew that it existed. I didn't know that you could like chill with it. It's a little shady. It's got you know Tiger King vibes. Not going to lie to you. It's in the UP. I mean, that's pretty similar to Oklahoma, it's, right? Yeah, not a lot of supervision up there. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. All right. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Hosted by Jay Hall. Eric is at Eric Wayne's Brain. And the show is at Podcastianos. And those are both for Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com backslash Podcastianos. And, of course, the show is presented by Martin Supermarkets. You can learn more at martins-supermarkets.com or on socials at Martin's Markets. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the Podcast Podcastianos. So, Eric, we're a little over a week away from opening day. Things are starting to get really tight when it comes to roster construction. Are we almost ready for baseball? Yes. I'm, I'm getting jazzed. Yeah, there's more games on the radio, more games on TV. The starters are going longer. Um, the regulars are seeing a little bit more playing time, trying to get them tuned, ready to rock. I enjoy this. Like, so we're what nine days out. I like the, like the shift from nine days to five days where once day five, you know, there's five days left hits all of a sudden it's nothing but Dominic Ficacello. Like that's the only name you see in the box score. He's playing every position. All the regulars are gone. It's just Ficacello and Jason Krizan. <laughs> That's what you're. That's what you're longing for. I think your brain is is locked into five years ago or something. Would that be the worst thing? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> uh, so very pitchy, uh, pitching forward show tonight. As I try to make every show, uh, big. But the big news out of Tiger Town is, of course, that Matthew Boyd has been named the opening day starter. Um, he's going going to go up against Shane Bieber, his second straight opening day start. Um, with Spencer Turnbull going on uh, COVID, whatever he's going to be on, 
There's yeah. not really another choice, but uh, Homeboy went three and seven with a 6.71 ERA last year. Uh, not great for your opening day starter. And who gave up as many first pitch bombs as Matthew Boyd? Probably ever. Like first at bat. I mean, I don't have, I don't have the research in front of me, but it, it can't be anyone ever, right? Listen, if I if my name is Matthew Boyd and I'm starting. I am bouncing the first pitch halfway to home plate. I do not want that chump to go yard on me on the very first pitch. I might just walk the first guy. You are not hitting a home run on me. I mean, I'm not starting the season that way. It's hard pl- to plunk him, plunk his butt. He's had a That's nice, he's had a nice spring, uh, 2.08 ERA, uh, four earned over 13 innings. I feel like, I feel like we might have exhausted all the things there is to talk about with Matthew Boyd. Like if he if he can somehow keep the ball in the park, he's probably going to be fine. If he's not, he's probably going to be a 6.00 ERA pitcher again. I mean, is that is that kind of where we're at with him? Yeah, I mean, if he's a league average pitcher, you'd be tickled, wouldn't you? I mean, I would certainly be better than what we got last year. The the problem is is that that half a season he's when been... he when he flashed like fronts, you know, elite front side of the rotation um upside i mean maybe maybe we should just completely put that out of our mind and just think well that's just over with he's been among the he's been among the the league's worst starters the last couple years yeah he had a well well below zero war last year um and this is now two years in a row that he has led the league in home runs allowed so that's that's not not a great stat all right, I do have a little bit of a game for you here. Um, Evan, in his article, which I like games. I'm sure everyone out there read, uh, posted the opening day starters since 2000. There are, yeah. let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them. Eric, how many can you name? Uh, I'd probably be able to get all of them. I'm more asking you to do it as opposed to wager. Uh, Verlander. One. Boyd. Boyd, two. Um... Zimmerman Zimmerman three those are the three most recent um then you had um Scherzer Max never made an opening day star he, he always overlapped with Verlander tough break right David Price David Price nailed it um this is where it Kenny gets Ro- how far are we back are we going Kenny Rogers Kenny Rogers and then there's four before him in this list so way back Bef- Oh, so we're not like uh, Fulmer never got an opening day start. So before Kenny Rogers, yeah, there's one this is going to be guys like Justin Johnson, Jason Johnson, jo- but yes. Jason Johnson. I, re- I remember um, them signing him and thinking, did we just sign an ace? That, of course, was like nine year old Jordan. And the answer was no. Um, but th- those were good times before we saw what he actually could do. Hideo Nomo. Hideo Nomo. That's the earliest one on the list. So there's three more. This is a good game. Mike Maroth. Mike Maroth. Um, Jeremy Bonderman. Jeremy Bonderman. One more. Um, there's one more in there, huh? There's one more. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be uh, Kenny. I said Kenny Rogers. Um. If it helps, it's between Hideo Nomo and Mike Maroth. No, it doesn't really help that much. Uh, Is there a, I don't know. Jeff Weaver. Jeff Weaver. Yeah. Um, So 
Glad, I'm glad I didn't remember him. It's fine. He was. He brought back Carlos Pena one year. Yes. Yes. So exciting. So the new plan for opening day is about 8,200 people, a little closer to what we might have expected. Um, yeah. It'll it'll be nice to have a little bit of buzz in Detroit for for opening day. It's it's such a it's such a thing. Like I don't, I don't necessarily understand why it's such a thing, but it's there. Um, and it will be nice to to have some some people in the in the stands, people on the streets. Um, hopefully they can do it responsibly. We'll we'll see. Obviously, yep. um, but that'll that'll be nice. It'll be good for good for the fellas. You know, I know you're supposed to hot take this, but that seems like a reasonable place to start for me. Yeah, like I get you could probably have more fans in the stands and safely spread them out, but uh, in shops and bathrooms and waiting in line and stuff like that. At this point. Maybe you just see how it goes for a little while. And the things and that I they're going to do before and after compliments. the game. Yeah. 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 People, don't, people don't take into consideration that the entire experience of going to the ballpark isn't sitting in your seat watching the game. Right. Like, there's there's a lot more to it. All right. Uh, let's stick let's stick with the, the pitching theme. Michael Fulmer has had a rough spring training. He's been essentially jettisoned. Up until his last one, right? His last one, he worked three innings, three scoreless innings. I mean... Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm not going to take anything away from from uh from the last outing, but over over the course of the spring before he got uh booted yeah, out to the he's bullpen, been he's been real bad. Uh 10 earned over uh, 10 over 10 earned over 10 innings, 11 hits, uh 5 walks to 6 strikeouts. And honestly, wasn't particularly good last year in coming back from the injury. Um it's really sad because when he was good, he was very good. We just might never actually see what we think of Michael Fulmer as again. Right. And there's been a lot written about how he just needs to change his approach and work on some softer stuff and become a little more crafty. Um, I think that's part of it. But another part of it, if we're ever going to see him back to where he was, too, is um, some these injury stuff it just takes time sometimes. Um, there was an article or a tweet today where, uh, Verlander had messaged Daniel Norris and he said, yeah, it was almost like 15 or 18 months before I could really feel like I could, you know, reach back and throw it, throw hard. Daniel Norris, and, of course, being someone that would take a message like that. Well, Daniel Norris is in the, has Mikey Matuk energy in the sense that he'll run through a brick wall for you, but the, the but you shouldn't run through brick walls. That's, Very that's rarely is what is asked of anybody. Right. So some of these guys are just, uh, you know, go gung ho and, you know, just pump the brakes. I mean, do what's appropriate. So I think Fulmer is a hard worker. He's smart. If anybody has a chance to come back, it'll be him. I think he can still be an asset. Should we have traded him? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you same thing with, you know, Boyd, yeah. but hey, hindsight's how do you, how are you supposed to know? So AJ has mentioned quite a bit, uh, you know, talked about obviously put him out in the bullpen for, for one stint uh, this week. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that that could become a realistic possibility for him. I think that that probably yep. is the play going forward. Like you say, he just needs reps. I don't know that I enjoy the thought of him starting every fifth or sixth day, but using him as somebody who can, you know, clean up a little bit here and there just to, to get him some of those. Innings. You feel better about that. Yeah. You, you feel better with Tehran starting, right? Yes. Oh, w- without a doubt. And I, right. I want, I do want to get onto him because he's been very good this spring too. Um, but 
I don't think that you can, you know, do anything with Michael Fulmer. Like he has to be on your starting, you know, or your twenty-six uh, man roster, but he clearly yeah, sure. has to. I feel like saying take a step back is not the right phrase, but uh, take take a little bit of a diminished role until he can kind of prove that he can step into a role. And there, there's plenty of innings to be had out in that bullpen to be. To be right. Clear. And we didn't expect to ride him for a lot of innings. And I think a more measured approach coming back into this year and let him get his feet under him and, um, and do it that way, I think they'd be fine. I feel like I've said this a million times on the show, but having a useful multi-inning reliever who who is good at his job is a weapon in itself. You know, there's nothing wrong with Daniel Norris not becoming a, a starter or an ace like that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with Michael Fulmer being a high leverage, uh, you know, multi-inning weapon right. it, should, should that develop. And let's say Fulmer pitches good in that role you know, two or three inning blocks. Uh, it's not a stretch of the imagination to think that there's going to be an opening in that rotation or, okay, you're called on to start a game and provide, you know, three, four five innings. Uh, you could imagine, you know, Urania, you could imagine Scooble um, having some hiccups or bumps in the road. This is not a stretch of the imagination. We are not running out the the 2013 Tiger starting, yeah, and and there's nobody in the rotation outside of Boyd that you, you know, think, oh, they're pretty injury prone or not, they're pretty injury free. Boyd obviously is seems to be made of of rubber, but the rest of the guys are are a little bit on the fragile side. All right, so let's get to Julio Tehran, who's been a bit of a revelation in in spring camp this year. Uh, Last year uh, was abysmal for him, but before that, career ERA under four. Um, almost as many strikeouts as innings pitched over the course of his career. Like this guy was good and he's looking good again. Uh, I am, I feel like I always want you to rein me in on some of these guys because I'm, I'm always willing to, to jump in, uh, feet first, especially with pitchers, obviously. Um, but this is starting to look really interesting and I'm Derek Holland's putting up good numbers too. And I'm not feeling the same way there. Right. Um, do you make anything of his like, what was it? A back or yeah. side injury? I feel like that's a classic spring training early exit. Like I, I don't read anything into it until okay. I see okay. otherwise. I'm, I'm probably good there. Is, are you, if you were to rank your starters right now, how many pitchers would you say before Julio Tehran that you're more confident in? I mean, probably zero. He's he's probably the most reliable starter out that we have. You you think maybe him if or you, game seven? That's that's who you're starting right at, now at this moment in time, probably, which is not ideal. Uh, you know, the more I think about this, like if game seven, who do you want to start? Um, could it be Daniel Norris? I mean, I mean it could be because <laughs> you got what Boyd and Turnbull. Yeah, they're Tehran Urania. Um, yeah, and Scooble. I mean, all these guys are like. I would say Turnbull and Boyd are the highest floor. I don't right? know. That I agree with that. Boyd's, really, Boyd's floor is. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it is so incredibly low. I feel like his it's his true. ceiling is is maybe the highest of them. I I do oh, okay. think. But right. uh, Norris, the problem, and this is obviously just diving too far into the theoretical, 
But I don't know that I want Daniel Norris's head anywhere near a game seven. I feel like that is a recipe for disaster, too. Um, Hopefully we don't make a game seven this year because I don't see that going well, (laughs) no matter who's on the mound. It was more of a mental imagination exercise than anything. But AJ Hinch had said, we have to start with pitching. We need to get the pitching right. And he's not wrong. He's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's got he's got the right guy in the dugout to help him with that. Um, oh, and, you're yeah, you gotta you got your fetter fetish going. <laughs> and there are so I will I will give Avila credit for this. He has given the the coaching staff some options to play with. Derek Holland is a very different type sure. of pitcher to Julio Tehran to Jose Ureña. I'm not saying any of them are necessarily good ideas on their own, but having a couple different types to play with, yeah, sure, why not. And hopefully having a couple different types to play with will let them mentor the equivalent types uh, in the system. I mean, clearly Manning and Mize and Scoobler are all very different types of pitchers, too. Hopefully they can all find their veteran mentor. And hopefully none so of them you are got, Boyd. you got Boyd, Turnbull, Urania, Scoobler, and Tehran. Yes. And Casey starts in Triple. I mean, Lakeland. Yeah. I feel like That's I am the right al- answer. I'm always the last one to uh, get worried about a guy like Casey. I'm worried about a guy like Casey. Like he is, I don't know what to, what to do with that. Like he needs to be just work. You know, he needs to be like uh, handcuffed to Chris Fetter for the next <laughs> month and just let him yeah. breathe the same air, think the same thoughts. Yeah. And then hopefully he won't just walk everybody anymore. Yeah. You're, you're not feeling healthy. Chris Fetter. You, you're, you're feeling dumb, Chris Fetter. You can't find your car in the parking lot, Chris Chris Fetter. Yeah, is, don't, yeah, can't find work, Quickly become the foremost Chris Fetter podcast out there. Uh, my you apologies got problems? for that. We got, a, we got solutions. Uh, the other guy I talked about, Derek Holland, uh, filed this under things I never thought I'd say, but he's making things interesting. Um, yeah, yep. I mean, he hasn't been good for a long time but he's been pretty good for the last month. Like I have a very hard time, you know, reconciling that. And obviously that is one of the big things about spring training is you just don't know how much to read into it. Guys are facing, you know, different lineups, guys who are working on things. So you can't really take the stats at face value, but I mean, the stats have been pretty lights out. He's given up no earned runs over seven innings and 11 Ks to one walk. Like they're, beyond just scraping by numbers, if that makes sense. That's a good way to make a team. It, it is. And having a bunch of meh ahead of you is another good way to make the team. Uh, do we know okay. the, do we know the long-term status of Turnbull? Like, is he going to be opening day ready? Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not unhealthy. It's just, he just had no problem, no fault of his own, some COVID protocol stuff. I don't know if they're doing some contact tracing or whatever. He just couldn't be with the, with the, team um but he should be ready for day two okay i think that's good um because clearly that will make a huge difference on if some of these guys make the team so if you think about adding Derek holland to the team who is somebody that you'd think well maybe not is a guy like joe jimenez (laughs) time to maybe not give him a spot i feel like so I mean, it really does come down to if you want to play like if if I guess it comes down to do we want to win the season? If if we're trying to make the playoffs in 2021, 
you take Derek Holland and you leave Joe in Toledo until the first thing comes along because inevitably something will come along. But, but the it, problem is there is no Toledo for the first month. Correct. But I mean, there's still the, 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 you know, training camp and alternate facility. It's not like they're not going to have yeah, access true. to facilities or whatever. Um, I, I just don't, I don't know how you can go into a season saying let's not compete even as meh as we're probably going to be this year. Right. I do think you have to put your best best ish 26 out there. And I mean, you're probably right. It's, it's probably either Joe or Alexander that I don't think is there and probably Holland is in, which it'd be fun. Just baffles my that. mind. Well, the thing with Holland is he's a non-roster guy, so you have to find some forty-man space. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have the forty-man in front of me, but I'm yeah. gonna go out on the limit. We're not gonna get all the technicality space there. Um, <laughs> uh, so the other thing that you wanted to talk about, uh, there has been a lot of moving around positionally. Uh, Hinch has the prove you can't handle a position mindset. It's really interesting. It's a little bit uh, countercultural. What do you think about it? Yeah, it's almost like very uh, fan on a message board energy, isn't it? Like, oh, just plug this guy into that sp- space. And all the all the brains on the internet would say, well, you can't do that. That's dumb. They can't, they can't handle that position. And Hinch is like, hmm. He's he's a little bit M live comments or a little bit. He wants to run, you know, put him out there. Um, I find it kind of refreshing, especially in spring training. Yeah, for right? sure. So see what you can do. Okay, Eric Haas, we're gonna stick you in left field. See if you can catch it. Haas you know? is, I mean, this is obviously a specific example, but he's actually looked halfway competent out there. Yeah. I, so here's the thing. Here's uh, I, I'm assuming that we were going to get into this a little deeper. Here's the thing. I don't feel like changing from, let's say, second base to the outfield or right field to left field. I don't feel like it's quite as difficult as people make it out to be. I think what you lose is kind of the marginal gains of being very comfortable in your position. But mm-hmm. you're, you can't tell me that a, a player is good enough to play major league second base and they're not good enough to play a a passable major league right field to get the bat in the lineup or whatever you need to do to make it work that day. And and right. I know that that probably goes against analytics. Um, but I mean, if you're losing 5% offensively to gain 10% or excuse me, losing 5% defensively to gain 10% offensively, like it kind of works out and Matt Boyd's just going to have them hit it over the outfielders heads anyway. So it doesn't really make a difference. Ouch. Ouch. I don't but know. What they, do you, what do you playing- think? They've been playing this game in the infield too. I mean, Scopes moved around for the first time really in his career. I mean, he's always been a second baseman. Um, Paredes has been moving around. Nico obviously can. Willie Castro has been pretty much at at shortstop. I feel like shortstop's the one position like you kind of want to find your shortstop and ride with him. Like he's you know captain of the infield and all that all that crap. I, I, How I do you think that. the infield is going to shake out defensively most days? I think it's big on the Renato Nunez question. Like, if, See, if, if you keep Badu, which I do, Badu, I don't think Nunez makes the team. I mean, yeah, I, it's either him or, or Isak at this or point. Per, and or Paredes. Paredes, yeah. I feel like, has to make the team. You don't want to stun his too. growth by sticking him at the 
alternate training facility for a month. And I like him at second. Yeah. There's there's so, no reason he can't play second. I, I think how this shakes out is Willie Castro becomes essentially your everyday shortstop. I think they put, um, oh, I got to get this right. Candelario becomes your first baseman, Scope at second, actually, and Paredes at third. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's the, how it goes. I think that's the most likely. Paredes at third, Castro at short, Candelario first, and Scope at second. Here's the thing. Like, and then you mix and match with, with Nico. Yeah, and Mickey, switching in at first. Right. Yeah. I don't. I think there's a lot of talk about it, but I I don't think Miguel Cabrera Cabrera plays a ton of first base. I still year. think he probably should. I feel like he's the kind of guy that he probably hits better when he does. Yeah. He. I feel like it's it's counterintuitive, but the more he gets into the field, I feel like the more energy that's going to give him. Which is which I know sounds ridiculous, but he seems to be the kind of guy that th- thrives off of making jokes with the runner at first and all all the yep. stuff that kind of goes along with his. Well, he's played baseball for a thousand years now at the highest level. I mean, you almost got to keep the guy entertained. Yeah, you know, you, th- you keep him as a DH. He's just hanging out, screwing around. Four at bats a game. That's all he plays. Yeah, like how do you? He almost needs the entertainment of being out there, and that's harsh to say. You know, he's making thirty million bucks. You should give your all every time. Well, it's probably not about the money. It's about the the essence of what he has to do every day. Yeah, having all of that money doesn't necessarily make it easy to do those. Like Now, we're playing a lot of armchair psychology here, but Miguel Cabrera seems like the kind of guy who needs the the social and uh, emotional stimulation of it a little bit. And if we are not capable of doing the armchair psychology, who possibly could? I mean, I think that we are at the vanguard as far as, as that, so... Uh, the only other thing I wanted to discuss is we had a tweet that came in from at Landia, and they have okay. t- uh, Detroit Tigers 2021 Pakota projections most likely to be true. There are four options. Uh, I'll have you tell me which you think is most likely to be true. A, Cabrera hits his first triple since 2016. Candelario goes his first season without a uh, without being caught stealing since 2007. Boyd's first career ERA below four, or Buck Farmer's first career save. Oh, so I don't know. These are all they're all feasible, right? Is the Boyd one feasible? Oh, I feel like we've dogged on Boyd a lot this this show, and I don't I don't that's have anything the against least him. That's the least feasible. Yeah, that would have him having an ERA in the threes. Right. It's simply not so Candelario not caught stealing. Well, we don't people aren't stealing a lot. So you know how you don't get caught stealing? You don't steal. It's very so true. that's possible. Um the Miguel Cabrera triple. So here's the thing about triples. You can occasionally stumble into one, meaning a fielder trips or he he plays it off the tip of the glove and it caroms into the corner especially when you play 81 games at comerica park right so that's okay cabrera is slower than molasses with a molina on it but i mean he can he'll get the third uh and what's the other one a buck farmer save i'm honestly shocked that buck farmer hasn't gotten a save yet i i that's the the obvious choice for me i think 
It, in the same That's order. That's the most likely. First Buck, second Cabrera, third Candelario, fourth Boyd. I, I would was, go with that. I thought it was sure. an interesting uh, thought. I'll put, I'll put Miggy triple first because I believe in him. <laughs> I'd love to see that. that would, I feel like we'd get strong be Prince Fielder back in the, in the day vibes from that. Can you imagine him rounding second and just all the all the stomps and energy flying? That'd be so good. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, let's move on to your power rankings. Power rankings. Let me grab the piece of paper where I have some things written. Paper? What's that? I should have this all memorized, right? <laughs> Power rankings. So I don't know if you follow the news, but one of the things that has come up in discussions on the national scene is statehood. 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 Particularly in the context of Washington, D.C. Oh, as in Democrats, like making new ones. Correct. Gotcha. All right. I follow correct. you. So um, there's some energy around making Washington, D.C. a state, which we'll get to that maybe a little bit more. But I got to thinking, uh, what would be the best and worst possible new states in the United States? Can't wait. Okay. Um, Seven from the best. Number seven is Northern California. Okay. Also, the state name that they had actually proposed was Jefferson. I saw a how the states got their shape about this one. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think I think geography is interesting. Well, we're going to nerd out here a little bit. A little bit. So um, there was actually a proposal, I think, in the last couple of years to chop up California into four different states, naming them something boring like no, no North California, South Carolina, but at least the North Carolina, Carolina, the North California effort came with a snazzy name, Jefferson. California is plenty long and they have, um, uh, there's some distinctives about each of the geographies of, of California. I would say Northern California is different than Southern California from what I understand. Fair enough. Makes some sense. Never never been out there, but I'll take your word for it. All right. Coming in at number six, is the U.S. Virgin Islands. Wouldn't that be a nice tropical place? I mean, you can go there anyway. I was going to say, it, but it I, kind of is. <laughs> but just to have that as a state, 106,000 people live in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And it would just give us, you know, a, 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 distinctive, a distinctive state. I believe Tim Duncan is from the Virgin Islands. Is that correct? Sure. He, yeah. Was he from the U.S. or the British Virgin Islands? Yeah, now you now you've pushed my US knowledge maybe. too far. I don't know. I don't know. 
But I, yeah, I think that's right. Not really sure why I brought that up. I'm not sure that it's relevant, <laughs> whether it's true or not. Let's move on. Number five from the worst or from the best is uh, there was some energy for a while for creating the Navajo Nation, Ooh. which would be kind of like a lot of the um, Native American tribes coming together and forming their own state. And by the time you put put all the, the folks together and what they had proposed, they'd have a population of, of more than a, 10 existing U.S. states. Wow. And I thought that would be kind of interesting to have a a Navajo state that had very strong Native American representation and could, could you know, the, tri- the tribes have uh, a lot of autonomy already, mm-hmm. but just to be able to say, okay, this is the the state of Navajo or whatever. I think that'd be interesting. I, I don't think know it'd be very interesting. It how does that work? Like, are the people that live in the current boundaries relocated? Um, and then- no. So it's just a uh, just a new carving of states. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And I'm assuming mostly Arizona and New Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Oklahoma, I think maybe. Yeah, yeah. that would be that would be really interesting. I was going to say we probably shouldn't relocate the people that are uh, there. No, we, no. We Andrew Jackson that did that several once. That's times a bad too. idea. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking <laughs> about. Please, no, 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 no. no. We're elevating, <laughs> not diminishing anymore. Okay. Um, number four is. Dakota. Yes. And you know where I'm going with this? I'm assuming just combining the Dakotas because it's, yeah. it's one state. Let's two be honest. Dakotas is too many, and you've just named them North and South Dakota. Put them back together. Yeah. What the heck? That was that was terrible planning to begin with. Two two Dakotas is too many. Yeah. Completely agree. Complete sign. Number off. third from the top is this is gonna be a little creative, but I want the Pacific Island territories to kind of join together and have a have a state. So this would be like Guam, Samoa, the North Mariana Islands, and they would be called, you know, Pacifica or Oceana or I, the Pacific. Hey, I think Oceana is is something already. Uh, are you throwing Hawaii in there? No, Hawaii, so Hawaii stays. State. Okay, sure. All right. Yeah. If nothing else, when I mean, it would be kind of interesting if they just clumped in with yeah. Hawaii. But I, so before you I, move I want on, everybody uh, to have representation. I think that's kind of why do we have territories that aren't states? Like if if they're ours, why aren't they just like everyone else that's ours? I, I don't and I, I'm sure there's probably political history, and financial yeah. reasons, but it yeah. just doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Either let them go or bring them in. Okay. Uh, number two is Washington, D.C., which I started this out with. Um, so, you know, this gets to be very political because if Washington, D.C. is a state, the Democrats are going to pick up two senators. Mm. And that's a lot of the beef. That makes so sense. I don't care so much about that. But I do think it's kind of bad that something like 200,000 African-Americans don't have represent representation because they live so in if DC, nothing else yeah. can't we apportion them to maryland and virginia at least yeah like just split like, the northern half goes yeah. to maryland and the southern half of residents go to yeah you know I, I, I would advocate i still advocate for dc statehood that'd be fine yeah. but I got if nothing, nothing else it. like yeah so that was number two number one have a guess uh, uh no dup no, I don't know. No, no, no. Number one is Puerto Rico. Oh, I'm a dummy. Yes, that should have been my guess. Three, 
3.2 million people that live in Puerto Rico. Um, statehood, they, they've, they voted in a, via referendum to be a state. Um, and they win World Baseball Classics. Yeah. So just bring them, bring them on. The U.S. team would be so much better. For sure. Yeah. Wait, so they, they voted like, yeah, let's join. And America's all like, nah, we're good. Right. Really? And That's... you saw with the whole hurricane business that there's, you know, maybe Disparity. statehood would be good, would be good for Puerto Rico. Yeah. Now I get that there's some like imperialist overtones and stuff like that, but I don't know. Maybe we could have a referendum like that in all of the territories before we bring them in. Like if, sure. if they voted, yeah, let's do it. And it seems pretty straightforward. I think so. If we had, you know, 57 states, that's plenty. So here's Let's the thing. round number 55. I maybe. was going to say, here's the thing. Like 50 is a great number. I don't that, know how I feel about 51, 52, 53, basically all the way up to 75. I feel like if we're going to leave 50, we got to hit something else that's equally as. So useful. you're just feeling there's a lot of inertia, or excuse me, inertia just from the roundness of the number. Oh, yeah, Definitely. 50, like 50 it's a such very a, attractive number. Yeah, it's such a perfect number. 50, Elegant. 100, even 75, I feel like it's a little bit trash. It's it's aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Plus, okay. plus does this, the flag have any room for more stars? Well, we're getting rid of a Dakota. Oh, that's true. All right, good call. Yeah, we can easily absorb one. And Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming and Montana could go together. Yeah. Or Wyoming. Or- I Nana. Montana and Idaho. I mean, they practically go together anyways. So nobody cares about the middle section. It's fine. Okay. Uh, the three worst ideas for new states. Uh, number three is Superior or Michigan's Upper Peninsula. There's been mostly jokes about the Upper Peninsula becoming its own state. And frankly, I don't think they could do it. I mean, they need us. They, they need us. What I don't know the if there's enough. Be? What's that? What would the capital be? Marquette. No. Unacceptable. I don't know if the Upers have enough brain power to administrate their own government. I'm sorry. Also, what's the point of Just having kidding. a state with like Just 1,200 Upers, people? I love you. Oh, you're right. <laughs> How are they going to get, you know, essentials? They have like one Walmart for the whole for the whole state. How can you survive? To be fair, uh, states are able to buy and sell things to and from other states. It's not like they would be completely isolated. Plus, they have the bears. Just put those things. Yeah, that's right. But wouldn't it be romantic to go to the UP and you go to a different state? Oh, we're going to. Or oh, Antonagin was another proposed name for it. Superior or Antonagin? I like Antonagin. Yeah. That's sick. Superior. It's kind of already a thing. It's kind of all right. Anyway, I'm thinking it's a bad idea. I think it is a bad idea also. Second from the worst idea is Greenland. Remember when our former president had energy around obtaining Greenland from Denmark? I do remember that. That was fun. Yeah, I think that's a bad idea. Just <laughs> Greenland, there's like hardly anybody, There's like 50,000 people that live in Greenland total. So we learned from Just Mighty Ducks that Iceland is green, but Greenland is mostly ice. That's right. Yeah. Has to do with the Vikings or something, I'm sure. For sure. Okay. Um, the number one worst idea is Cuba. So the con- semi-conservative commenter, I think is uh, Bill Crystal, the Weekly Standard guy, said, oh, yeah, we should be adding states and as soon as possible, Cuba. We don't. And like Cuba is its own country. Yeah, we don't own Cuba. That would be like I modern think we're kind day of done. 
Yeah. We tried the Cuba thing. Didn't didn't go so good. It almost maybe went really Cuba, poorly. Yeah, let Cuba be its own thing. That's a bad idea. Anyway, so that's Power Rankings. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. That was a good one. I, I love a little, <laughs> Did you think so? I love a little okay. geography talk. I never talk geography. Especially on this geography. show. Yeah, definitely. Right. All right, so let's talk about the things that I saw on the side of the road while running this week. A very uh, interesting week in my neighborhood, uh, specifically with my immediate neighbors. On my way home, uh, one of the days this past week, I saw the neighbor, like, so it's not a, directly across the street, but directly across the street and one to the left going through my neighbor directly across the street's trash. Don't know what he was looking for. Like it was must have been through it. Yeah, it must have been like Tuesday morning because Monday is our trash night. Had the lid open in her driveway, just kind of rummaging through. Well, those people didn't need it anymore. I don't think it's a big problem. I I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm just saying it's a little off. Uh, and I also saw him beating the. He has a big tree in his front yard with a stick, just kind of whacking it repeatedly. I, I don't have any explanation for that. Um, it was <laughs> Hoosiers. Yeah, that, that's the explanation. Give, give it a few more months. You're going to be like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't say for sure that I won't be also. So okay, here's a question for you. Okay. So you're out. I'm not a dog person, but say you're out walking your dog or let's say you're out for a walk and you enjoyed a granola bar and the granola bar has a wrapper. Or the dog uh, made a poo and you put it in the poo bag. Now, you're, it's garbage day. It's trash day. And all the garbages are along the road, the little toters. Are you free to place your trash in a neighbor's garbage? I would say, okay, so I think it depends on if you have city trash or if you have a private trash like in traverse city make a difference in traverse city everyone had different trash companies i feel like you pay your trash company for your service in the in you know now we're in south bend city limits like everyone has the same trash it's all going to the same place it's all the same trash then by all means just chuck it in there If, if if everyone's paying something different then i guess it's a little weird like i wouldn't have a problem with it but i could see how people would what? So, okay, so capitalist trash you cannot place, but socialist trash is fine. Uh, yes, I feel like if you're really going to sum it down, that is the case, yes. It's still trash. I mean, they're going to come pick it up. I mean, I agree with you. I'm just saying that other people won't. This is America, especially in Indiana. Like, how dare you take advantage of my trash room? Exactly. See, I the argument I would say is, no, you shouldn't be putting your dog poo in another person's trash even though it's coming because maybe you're smelling up their container they have to drag it back to their house or whatever it's not a space thing it's a i would say yes to the granola bar wrapper but no to the dog poop i mean i i definitely it's more think, of the essence of the thing you're dropping yeah I, I think you're on the right track there i personally wouldn't care but if you did care i could i could see why that would be that that's a weak take <laughs> So speaking of weak takes, I have another scenario for you. So uh, I I was telling you about the neighbor that's across the street. We have a neighbor across the street and then to the right. I haven't seen his truck in the driveway in like a week. Trash hasn't been on the road. Like how long without seeing any signs of life before you start to worry? Admittedly, I've never met this man. 
clearly I don't talk to strangers. Um, like, is he dead? Do you want the answer? Yeah. You want, you want the answer? You mind your own business. <laughs> you don't, you don't look over there. It, well, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not going to look over there. It's, it's just a matter of when I start gossiping you to my have. friends. You obviously have been paying attention. <laughs> So anyway, I'll keep you guys updated on if, if I see him before no, next week. Don't buy your own business. <laughs> Doesn't feel like that's going to happen at this point. So I think we're all oh. along for this ride. <laughs> all right. Hit us with some Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Okay. I got to work my mouse with my other hand here. I'm double screening. I got Can't two go computers. Left. This is fancy. Okay. Um, I asked for questions. Um, do to do. Oh, I should have these organized, shouldn't I? Yeah. Who will be the roster? Who will be the roster casualty for keeping Badu? Uh, I feel like we've gotten into this, but probably Renato Nunez and Harold Castro. Yeah, for sure. Is that fair enough? I must have different math than some of the people I've heard talking about it because doesn't a normal roster construction have two catchers? Uh, five infielders, a DH, and an outfielder, and five outfielders. Isn't that typically it? Uh, I don't know so much. I have, let's see, I have two catchers, five infield, one, two, three, four, five, six infielders, five outfielders. Yeah, that's what I have. Uh, the one, the one thing that people have been mentioning is potentially rolling with fourteen pitchers and twelve um hitters. Okay, so that that in would that make case, a that would, yeah, yeah, yeah. but. I guess I would go with 13 pitchers, 13 position players. Yeah. And then the only choice, keep Badu, he becomes the fifth outfielder with Mazzara, Jones, Reyes, and Grossman. And you just have to pick between Goodrum's in. You just have to choose between Paredes and Nunez. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. That's that's it. I'll pose this question to you. Uh, at this point in the spring, was signing Scope again a mistake? No. Evan Woodbury posted this analysis of second baseman or he was commenting on another article and they were ranking major league positions and they had the Tigers as like 15th or basically a mid-level at the second base position. I'm not necessarily talking about him in terms of what he can bring to the team. I'm more talking about him in terms of who he's roadblocking from getting at bats. You play to win the game. You play to get better. This goes, you want to keep Holland to the expense of Jimenez, but now you're going to, you're going to grape about this. No, you want to get, get good. Just trying to bring up both sides here. And also, I know I'm going to get out in front of this one. I don't know that losing Joe would be, I mean, obviously sending him down to the minor leagues is not losing him, but I don't know that losing Joe is a loss at this point. I mean, Joe's kind of a very, not a very good reliever. He kind of has Rondone trajectory vibes doesn't he yeah i hate to do that to him yeah it started so hot yeah also if you're um, listening joe we do love we do love you we'll retweet something nice about anybody, you it's fine if anybody on the 40 man is listening it's probably joe Minas. let's be real <laughs> um in this summer's draft wow okay all right i love Ryan a draft Wallace. question 
Yeah, Spock Master answered the asked the last question. In the, this summer's draft, do you think Jordan Lawler checks the right boxes? Stud shortstop being compared to Jeter, plus hitting, plus defense with Torque Green Paredes would be a great fit in the batting order. All right. Okay, thank you, Jordan Lawler's mom, for <laughs> Jordan, hyping him up. To be fair, Jordan Lawler has more fans than just his mom. He, he's going to be a pretty good player. Um it's going to be him. I don't know anything about Jordan Lawler. He is a, a high school shortstop. It is extremely difficult to project a high school shortstop. Oh, he has all the tools be. in the world to be very good. Uh, there are a lot of other players who also had all the tools in the world to be very good and didn't. We pick we pick third. third. So it's going to be him, rocker, or lighter. Lighter. Honestly, a, a lighter would probably be my first choice. At this point, I would take any of the three of them. They're all you know pretty solid choices. I don't know. Like, I I love I love the draft as a as a process. Like I think it's really fun to follow, but it's it's so different than the NFL or NBA draft. Like these guys are not. I mean, obviously they're not coming in and, and participating with the big league club, club right away, but there's just so much projection that needs to go into all the guys that like it's a crapshoot essentially. I mean, you can, you can do yeah. all your research, but it, it's a crapshoot. Um, I guess I would say maybe maybe my my stance is to to come down on taking the shortstop because the upside of a superstar shortstop is probably higher than the upside of an ace. Maybe I don't know. I'm actively talking myself. I feel out like of you that. can talk yourself in anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Robert Baker asks: Now that the farm seems better stocked than the last five years, will the Tigers transition away from rural rural? rule five picks as a building method or does Badoo's preliminary success give them ammo to continue doing this? It's an interesting question. Um, do you want in on this? Well, I'm as a big of a Badoo fan as anybody, but rural rule. Why do I keep saying this? This is a very hard word for you. Concerning five picks are notoriously bad. Yeah. It's a tough strategy to get valuable players. You might, if you get any kind of major league contributor, that's a win in the rule five draft. I think so. I don't think it's a very, I think it's something you do. You go through the motions, but as a strategy, it's still not a very good one. I think what changes if we're starting to compete is the leash that you give a rule five guy once he's on your roster. Like if, if you You take somebody in then yeah, yeah, I still think you take somebody at least put them through spring training and see what you have. Um, but I would say you're more likely to toss somebody back if you're halfway decent. Whereas with rule five, Ronnie, like there was no problem keeping him. It's not like anything else was going on. Whereas if we were competing that year, he's probably down the road. So like, do you really miss Will Vest? No. Right. I mean, no, that's flat out. Okay. Um, Leland's Lung, presented by Marlboro, asks. <laughs> yes, that's a real Twitter account. Leland's Lung, at Leland's Lung. Presented by Mar- Say the whole thing. Leland's Lung, presented by Marlboro. They paid good money for that sponsorship. We need to honor that. Mm. Maybe that state settlement money is finally getting loosened up. Uh, face off. Akil Badu or Erica Badu? Now, I researched this question from Mr. Lung. And Erica His Badu is name. Mr. Mr. Badu, or Mr. Long. Um, Erica Badu is a musician. She's a kind of a soulful 
singer. And the video, the first video I saw has something like 77 million views or whatever. So she's popular. I did not know this. Um, it's the best Badoo is Akil. Yeah. I mean, you know how I feel about music. It's too long. Oh, that's movies. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's the worst. It's superfluous. Yeah. Don't need that. At Lawn Steak Ball. I think this is one of the slaws. Um, asks, what is the best potential Akil Badu nickname? <laughs> I like Akil Yabba Dabba Badu. I feel like that's a little bit of a mouthful. His name is Badu. That's that's plenty. That's good. That's a good name. Self self sufficiently named. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's fine. Adam Langworthy asks, "What happened to Nolan Blackwood?" We're not going to talk. I was going to say, I got to be honest with you, Doc. I've, I've heard the name, but I can't. I can't tell you I'm what a, happened to this man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm afraid of what could happen to me if we if we talk about Nolan Blackwood. <laughs> <laughs> There's people we do not want to mess with. I have no idea what happened to Nolan Blackwood, and I probably I, won't stay up at night thinking about. What you know what I to could him. do to find out? Google. I could Google it, <laughs> just like Mr. Langworthy could, but I'm not going to. Uh, Steve Butts <laughs> at Steve B fifty two seventy seven asks, "Will Willie Castro earn the shortstop role moving forward?" Badu's success seems to have taken the, the focus off of Castro for now. I think Castro earned the starting job last year. I, I think it was a given yeah. coming into the spring this year, and I think it's for sure going to be a given coming into the spring next year. I mean, you, you know, I yeah, how you're a big Willie, Willie fan, yeah, big Willie style all in it. That's the, that's the dude um, right there. But Anthony to, Troya. We should answer the question. Uh, yes, he has earned. The, like, I don't necessarily think the Akil Badu stuff has has shadowed. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's how that works. The Willie Castro talk. I just think that Willie is kind of a given at this point and doesn't really yeah. need to be gone over. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Troya asks, is Nico in danger of being left off the squad? I know he hit a home run the other day, but he's been scuffling. That's true. He has been scuffling. The big thing with Nico is I'm pretty sure he has options. Like if we wanted to to roll with with Renato instead of him, the problem is is he is your essentially the only infielder that plays multiple positions. I mean, other than what we talked about earlier, uh, like he's your backup shortstop. He's probably your backup third baseman. Um, And he can he can catch fire a little bit. He can't hit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still don't want to read too much into spring. Like, I, I don't think, you know, we came into last year with Nico as probably our best hitter on the team, not a position you want to be in. Like, I don't think that he is a top nine hitter on a good team, but I do think well, that we're not a good team. he still has his value. And I, I don't think that that's going to change. Don Sherman at Don Sherm asks if someone hits a bomb off one of the cars in center field, should all fans in attendance get a free car? Sure, you could you could certainly offer that, and the the executives at General Motors would sleep well at night. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's ever going to happen, but that would give uh, that give us another thing to watch for. If if a player hits it basically to the camera well in center field, that is a bomb. Yeah, that's, that's a an absolute crush. The cars are another 
20, 30 feet above that yet. It would be awesome to see. We should make that. The the furthest ball I've ever seen hit at Comerica was in batting practice, and it went to the Al Kaline statue, Ooh. which was pretty far. Who hit it? And that was the guy from the Braves. He was this big catcher guy who uh, no batting gloves. I forget his name. Uh, Evan Gaddis. Evan Gaddis. Yeah, he mashed. Just he, enough to th- hit one to dead center. That was just an absolute bomb, too. You, you remember which one I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. obviously reaching back a few. But, yeah, I mean, if you can get it in the shrubbery, that's a bomb. That's a t- if you get it anywhere near the camera while, I mean, that's it's crushed. Um, Jeremy Troya asks, what do I have to do to take back the favorite Troya brother lead from Anthony Troya? I feel like and I'm going to let, let tell you, you Jeremy. One. Yeah, let me tell you, you, you change your mind on daylight savings time. <laughs> He was a time change advocate and he went on my, on my poo list all the way down to the bottom. And you don't want to be at Eric's poo list. Right. I don't want it to be dark at four 30 at, in the, at night in the winter. Give, let me in the winter, let me drive to work at nine 30 in the morning in the darkness and give me an hour's worth of daylight after work. Give me one other name on your poo list. Hmm. I, I'm a, I'm pretty generous. Pretty pretty oh, poolist about, at, at this point. How about Bauer? I mean, yeah, Trevor Bauer. I feel like he's Dude's on a, multiple poolists around the he's world. A, he's a butt. Yeah, I have a few. I have a few more, but I you know I don't want to make enemies. Uh, Roger Castillo asks at Rogcast Baseball, um, "What's your opening day's plans?" Uh, I mean, probably not going, but I, I don't have a real job. So I'll probably, if I do go into the office, I'll probably have it on the TV. Um, Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be driving. I think we're going to be, we're going away around spring break. So I'll probably be listening to it on the radio. Listen to my, my boy, Dan. Yeah. You paid for the the subscription. You better get your money's worth on that. I gotta get my 1999 worth. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Is there any more questions? There's some nonsense I'm scrolling through. Oh, uh, Lev Zubov at the Jackpot News asks, under over the tight, under over for Tigers is 69 and a half nice. wins. Are we really going to improve by 23 wins since 2019? Any reason for optimism that we get 70 or more? Yeah. I think there is. I think it's partly down to the division's not very good. The Indians are going to be straight trash. The Royals are kind of in a similar position to us. Even though Blaine pitches for them, I'm not sure the Twins are still very good. Like, the pitching's not great. I think there are Blaine's wins. Blaine's the Brewers, you said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, that so last year. See, the pitching's <laughs> even worse with the Twins. Um, yeah. You know, obviously the White Sox are very good, but... Okay, so there's two lines of thinking here. Mm-hmm. The first line of thinking is... Are there reasons for optimism we could win 70 or more games? Yes. This is a Tigers podcast. We love the Tigers, and they are going to be good. Now, there's a second line of thinking, and that is, um, are you, if you had 10 grand that you had to wager, would you, would you bet on that? Like, would you put your money where your mouth is? And the answer to that is no. 
it gives me pause. I, I still think no. If you gave me if you gave me over sixty nine and a half at like plus two hundred, I might throw throw that on it. But just oh, so you want extra odds, which yeah. means to say no, you would not. You just you just told yourself quite literally. No. Yes, that that is what that means. Yep. I I think we have your answer. I think we have, I think an, we answer have an answer too. Nicholas Wisniewski asks. Who would be your ideal pick as a broadcast partner for Dan Dickerson? I mean, probably myself, right? I think that's what, what the Tiger Nation wants. Yeah. Every, everybody I talk to wants that. I feel like this is a tough one. Initially, you you, you want to think somebody as, like an outsider, somebody that, no, that you... There's that, one right answer. All right, go ahead. Curtis Granderson. I, I mean, that that is the name that came to mind. But here's the deal. It is very difficult specifically to call games every single day on the radio when what you're doing is talking, talking, yeah. talking, talking. It is a yeah. very specific skill set that, I mean, Curtis very well may have it. Curtis is, is really talented. He's a smart dude. But it is not an easy thing to do. And it's real easy yeah. to make fun of Jim Price because he says the same five things every single day. Right. But you have to talk every single day when you're doing his job. Like Stuff like that is going to happen. I, right. You, there are a few canned phrases that you need to go to. You cannot talk for three and a half, four hours a day and not repeat yourself. That's why I always kind of gave Rod and Mario a little bit of a pass for having some repeated expressions. Now, I got to tell you, I'm still not in love with Matt Shepard at all. And I, the TV side of things, I, I don't like. I pr- much prefer the radio. Dan Dickerson could do it by himself, and I'd be very happy with that. He has been doing it by himself, and it's been yeah. very good. And I am very happy with that. <laughs> um, I, even the 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 beat writers that they've had on spring training, I've enjoyed that. They've been, they've been very and good. Why not rotate them a little bit? That'd be fine. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be completely good with that. Yeah, that, I think so too. We, we should take uh, a little bit of, of stock of, there are specifically some of the younger guys that are on the beat are very good. I, I really like Cody. I really like Evan. Um, some of the older guys, uh, you know, they're transitioning out. And, and uh, of course, Beck. Beck's the man. Um, some, of the, some of the other ones may be a little less keen on. But, um, yeah, we, we have very good beat writers in Detroit. Okay, we're going to go long, but I maybe this is up for another podcast to talk about this a little bit more. But there's a trend now. I think the Free Press, for sure the Athletic, and I think one other one has put their stuff behind paywalls. How do you feel about that? Is it finally time for us fans to recognize the value of the service that we're getting? Or is it, ugh, you know, it's just making it harder for fans to get decent information? I think it's both. I mean, there is value. Like, the Detroit free press, I'm sure can't sustain itself. It needs to be making money in ways like that. So that's the yeah. only way uh, I forget what is back. The, no, he's MLB. Whoever's writing for the free press. Um, like they need uh, to generate revenue to pay that salary. Does it suck that we have to pay for it? Yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, it, it have is you bought a, any of these. I have the athletic. I don't have any of the other ones. I had the athletic for a while. Then I found myself, and I should probably resubscribe to it. Well, for but, me, the the soccer coverage on the Athletic is awesome. Like that, it's it. amongst the best, in my opinion. Um, but I, I feel like what it what it has me doing is relying on Twitter and tweets more than um, than actually right. full out reading articles. Which you know that is a double edged sword. Yep. So I I like more than one model is good. 
a lot yeah. of choices are good. Um, the athletic is, is pleasurable to read. It's clean. You don't have to battle ads. I mean, some of the stuff with the ads has been a pain. I love the athletic app. It's so it's clean. It's, it's very clean. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So I'd advocate for, for paying for what you like. Yeah. But definitely. if you, yeah, you, you do you, yeah, we're pe- not going to tell you what to do. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to be preachy, but you know, people, uh, put their hearts and souls into thing. It's, it's good. I feel like I, in the last couple of years, I've kind of realized like, it's okay to not be as cheap and like pay people for what they're worth essentially. And I know, you know, buying the athletic isn't directly putting money in Cody's pockets, but it goes towards that. If if that makes any sense. And you can complain about the price of Starbucks coffee, but you are getting something more or better than if you buy gas station coffee. True. And you, you don't, if you want to buy gas station coffee, that's fine. But if you want good coffee, that's fine too. I mean, it's good to have uh, a range of choices. That's, that's right. You don't want a communist um, or what did you say? Social socialist options where you can't put it or you, so that you can put the trash or the poop in other people's trash. Uh, you want that, you want that capitalism choices. Yeah, You want the capitalist trash for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, dropkick, which is at PNW underscore tenant asks, it's been a rough couple years. <laughs> I like the True. setup to this question, but I think we're on the upswing. Do you think fan engagement with reduced capacity will be about the same as our season two years ago? I think Mm -hmm. engagement in the stadium and fan base engagement are two different things. Mm -hmm. I think you will see an uptick. Well, I was going to say in TV viewership, but you probably won't because you can't find it. Um, I feel like the fan base is going to be more engaged this year in terms of watching, listening, interacting on Twitter. I don't know that it matters who or what is in the stance. Does that make sense? It does. I I will say that there is kind of this anchoring effect when you go to a game, even if it's a more social thing, when you go to a game, you tend to consume the product before and after and you become more brand loyal. Yeah. Um, cause you might tune in ahead of time. Oh, who's the starting pitcher? You go to a game and you might pick up a Jersey or it, it, the experience of going to a game, um, not to get too businessy, but, uh, creates a more committed customer. Yeah. I would say. Um, so having that reduced by 75% or even 50%, um, has to, I think by default, reduce the level of engagement and excitement a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm spitballing here. I I completely agree. Definitely. Um, Anyway, but I I think it will, uh, having 162 games season again feels good. It feels like a real season. Um, Having even some fans, it feels like a real game. You get those subtle uh, uh, audio cues when you're watching a game that is helpful. And I think that's going to help the whole experience. Hopefully shawarma nachos will be back in the picture, mm. which is really why we have Tigers baseball season. It's an excuse for food and, and beverage. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter and Instagram. I am at hosted by Jay Hall. Eric is at Eric Wayne's brain and the show is at podcast. Yanos. And if you'd like to more learn more about our presenting sponsor, Martin's Supermarkets, you can at martins-supermarkets.com 
or on social media at Martin's Markets. Eric, anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for the week? I don't think so. I'm excited for baseball again. Um, I find myself um, reading articles and doing more things. It just feels good in yeah. a time where you need something that kind of feels good. Next week, uh, probably the hot take uh, bold prediction show. Because after oh. next week, we're going to have some baseball. And you're going to have to catch me before I go on the road. So it'll, it's going to have to be a lot of hot takes. So many hot takes. Literally burning your van to the ground. Absolutely. That being said, thank you guys so much for listening. And eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. You can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.